Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is, you're, well, you're going to hear this anyway on February 9th, 2023, Thursday. I'm recording it earlier than that. And this is just one of those uh, nudge of the Holy Spirit deals. I um, have been releasing old archived episodes for the paid subscribers um, every day. I, I do a you know, we've been, we're doing free episodes, Tuesdays with Tata, like always, um, self-brain surgery Saturdays, and then Mind Change Mondays just for the paid subscribers, so you get a little extra value, and then I've been releasing the archived episodes on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, um, so that eventually the paid subscribers will have access to the entire podcast episode and creates extra value for them and all that, but this is just sort of a... I don't think anything's a coincidence, but just as it happened, the episode that was scheduled to go out on Thursday, February 9th, is an episode that I recorded back in 2019, and it was about the things you can expect the first year after you lose somebody. So I talked really honestly and openly about some things we experienced in the first year after we lost our son, Mitch. Well, February 9th is his birthday, so 29th birthday would be this February 9th, and just didn't feel right releasing an episode about how to process and handle the grief after losing somebody and then have it behind a paywall where nobody could get to it except for the paid subscribers. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to release this episode on February 9th on his birthday because I think it's, it's honoring to the people that we love when we, when we learn, when, when we allow, allow God to restore and heal us and we learn how to, to live our lives in an honorable way and tell a good story with our lives. It's a good honor to the people that we've lost to, to share with other folks who may be fresher in their grief journey or fresher and closer to the massive thing that they've been through, um, to help, to help somebody out along the way. So I think there's some things in this episode that will help you. And if you know somebody who's in that first year who's still dealing with hard hardship and loss and grief and those kinds of things please share it with them um rate and review it on apple or whatever help other people find out i think it's a helpful episode i really i feel like we need to put words to the things that we experience and feel after we lose somebody after we go through something really hard and it doesn't have to be the loss of a child or spouse it could be some other massive thing that's happened in your life but i think Processing and understanding and being willing to talk about the things that you go through are going to be helpful. Um, Mitch loved, he was a bass player and he loved funky music and all that. So I'm going to play one of my favorite Tommy Walker songs at the end of this just as a nod to Mitch because it's a song that he would have loved. Take Me to the Rock from Tommy's album, Highest Praises. Um, and otherwise, I'm going to play the episode uncut and unedited as it came out in 2019. Uh, it's got the old intro and outro music in there. I'm going to throw in the new stuff just so you have the links to the websites and all that if you need them. Um, but it's just uncut and unfiltered just like it came out before. Um, but I wanted to record this little preamble to just just sort of say happy birthday to Mitch for one thing, but also to tell you that I think there's value in sort of cataloging cataloging and thinking about and processing in retrospect how you went through something hard so that you can then be prepared and use it kind of as prehab and, and rehab to for the next time you face something hard, but also so that you can put some language around it and use it to help somebody else because really that's why we're here. We're all here to find our way 
to the Lord and to help other people along the path, right? That's why we're here. And so it's honoring and helpful to, to, to the memory and the legacy of the things that we've been through and the people that we've lost, the great cloud of witnesses, if you will, to be willing to share those things with others. So here, without further ado, is the first year without them, an old episode from 2019. I think it'll help you and not putting it behind a paywall because I think it's going to help. Please share it with somebody and hit reply or send me a voicemail, speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. If you've been through something hard, let me know if this is helpful to you. Um, I can release the transcript if it would be helpful, um, if the words on page on paper would help. Um, just let me know. Somebody let me know if you want a transcript of this one, and I'll make it available. Okay, God bless. You can't change your life until you change your mind. Lisa's going to tell us the good news. We can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hey, my friend, it's Saturday, November 30th, 2019. I'm coming at you one day later than usual. usually come on Fridays because of Thanksgiving and travel and family and all of that. Just getting here a day late. And I bet you can understand. You know, two days ago was Thanksgiving holiday in the United States, and that's always been my favorite holiday. We had three of our kids here and our new grandson and some friends over. It was a great day. Lisa made an amazing meal, as always, and we remembered that we have a lot to be thankful for. But for us, every holiday, there's always someone missing. This year was the second Thanksgiving without Lisa's mom, Patty, and it was our seventh Thanksgiving without our son, Mitch. So there's just always somebody missing at the table. Holidays are hard. They're stressful enough as it is. But if you're going through something difficult in your life right now, these days can be especially painful. And if you've lost someone you love through the end of a relationship or a death or or some kind of separation, holidays bring on a whole new set of feelings. And for the very first time, the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, the first New Year's without them, is the hardest. It just is. And so today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the first year without them. Now, this one's going to get a little messy. I'm going to share some things I don't think I've ever talked about publicly before. But we need to. Because if you're going through it, you need to know what to expect. And I can share some things that will help. And if you love someone who's going through it, I can give you some tools to help them make it through. So let's talk about the first year without them. We'll work through it. We'll help each other find our footing, okay? 
because these days are coming fast and you need to be ready with all the instruments that you'll need to make sure your mind is ready, your heart is ready, so that when it's time to celebrate the season and you don't feel like it, you'll be able to stand up to the moment, honor the person you're missing, carry the pain, and find the joy in the moments that they would want you to feel. Because if they were with you, they would want you to find your smile again. They would want you to start today. Hey, I'm glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Wyoming in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa Warren. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get that done. You can get the show notes and more on my website at www.wleewarrenmd.com. If you like my show, please subscribe to it wherever you're listening to it now so you never miss an episode. And please take the time to rate and review it if you can do that for me because that is how other people are more likely to find out about podcasts. Hey, I'm Dr. Lee Warren. This is episode number five of the Dr. Lee Warren podcast, and today we're looking at what to expect the first year after a major loss. Holidays, birthdays, and special events take on a whole new atmosphere, and it's not easy, but you'll get through it, and today we'll give you some things that will help. So let's get after it. Hey, um, I know it might seem a little weird to play that peppy, upbeat theme music right as I'm talking about loss and pain. It does seem a little weird, but let me tell you why I did it. That's how it is. The The music for the show is a song called Blue Highway by Pottington Bear, which I licensed via freemusicarchive.org. And I chose it back when I originally chose that music because my son Mitch would have loved it. And the thing is, once you've lost someone, everything that was ever true about them becomes true all at once. I used to say all at once and one at a time about how I feel for Lisa. I say, you're everything. You're all at once and one at a time. And unfortunately, that's what happens after you lose somebody too. All the things that were ever true become true all at once. And as terrible as it is to not have my son, even in the moments when I'm saddest about that, it makes me happy to think about the things he would love. And it's all true at the same time. He's gone and I'm sad, but if you were here to talk to me about it, He would reach over and press play, and we would talk about it with that music playing. Absolutely know that's true. And that's just how life is. And you may have lost someone. and You may have had a rough year or gone through some other kind of trouble. You might be facing some illness or problem, but everything else in your life is still also true, like the holidays coming. Thanksgiving happened two days ago. Whether you thought you could feel thankful for anything or not, right? Thanksgiving still came. A few weeks ago, Lisa and I were invited to give a talk to a group of publishing professionals down in Colorado. And we had maybe 25 people in a room, and we were connected by video feed to another bunch of people in two other cities. And there was a lot of pain in that group. Two people in the room had recently lost spouses to cancer. One person had recently lost a parent. A lady shared with me that her sister had passed away the previous year and that she herself had just been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. I was there to talk about my new book. I've seen the end of you, Faith, Doubt, and the Things We Think We Know, which is all about how we make it through when our messy lives mess with what we thought we believed. And in that room, there were people who thought they would grow old with their spouse, and now they're alone. There were people who thought they were way too young to have cancer, people who thought they'd have more time with their dad. 
And my only qualification for speaking to them is that I've managed somehow, Lisa and I and our family have managed to survive a few years after losing Mitch. And so I'm standing there in October thinking about how to help those people live out their stories by sharing mine. And on the way home, Lisa said, you know, all those folks are about to go through their first holiday season since they lost someone. We talked about that for a while, and we thought it would be useful to bring you an episode to talk about what to expect the first time you go through every major event after you lose someone. And here's a few things I can promise you that will happen that may have happened yesterday or day before yesterday, rather, on Thanksgiving for you, but will happen on Christmas or New Year's or Valentine's Day, the first birthday, every first thing you go through this year. There are some notable firsts. The first thing that I noticed is that you're going to feel like the loss is what defines the whole day. You won't be able to believe that the person's gone, and it and, and you'll decide, you'll convince yourself that that particular day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, their birthday, Valentine's Day, whatever it is, you'll feel like that that day won't ever feel normal again, that it can't be special again, especially on the day that was their favorite day. Mitch loved Thanksgiving. He was all about the wishbone and turkey legs and Lisa's dressing and stuffing himself full of food and the laughter and community that comes with that. And another thing, um, another example of that, rather, is every one of our kids on their birthdays used to complain about Nanny, Lisa's mom, Patty, because she would call them at 5 o'clock in the morning. Unfailingly, every year you would get a call around 5 a.m. from Nanny saying happy birthday. She wanted to be the first one to start your day with you knowing that you were loved and that she was thinking about you on your special day. And the funny thing is, as much as we all complained about that 5 a.m. phone call, since she's been gone, every single one of us has come to that next birthday and then realized how much we missed Nanny's call. So I only bring that up to say this. Expect the things that you used to love to feel. Now they're going to feel heavy and almost unbearable the first time you go through them. And there's a weird kind of dual guilt that you're going to feel. You're going to come to moments during Christmas or during their birthday or during whatever when other people in your family, other people around you, seem to be having a pretty good moment. They seem they're laughing about something or they seem like they're feeling better, and you're going to feel guilty that you're too sad right then to be in that moment with them. You won't be feeling it. And then, when you least expect it, you'll manage, you'll find yourself in a moment where you're smiling about something. You're feeling better for some reason. You're looking at a picture or something's coming over you and you're feeling some joy And suddenly you'll feel guilty that you're not as sad as you think you should be. I remember moments when I would be engaged in something and my brain would be relaxing and I'd be thinking about something happy and I would almost apologize to Mitch in my heart because I felt like I wasn't sad enough that I'd lost him. Nicholas Wolterstorff wrote an amazing book called Lament for a Son after his 25-year-old son Eric died in a mountain climbing accident and he wrote the book in 1987. And he talked about this kind of grief. He said, I have been daily grateful for a friend who remarked that grief isolates. He didn't mean only that I, grieving, am isolated from you, happy. He also meant that shared grief isolates the sharers from each other. Though united in that we are grieving, we grieve differently. As each death has its own character, so too each grief over a death has its own character, its own endscape. The dynamics of each person's sorrow must be allowed to work themselves out without judgment. 
I find it strange that you, I may find it strange, he says, that you should be tearful today but dry-eyed yesterday when my tears were yesterday. But my sorrow is not your sorrow. Friend, you're going to go through that. You're going to have some moments where you're not on the same page with your other family members in terms of how you're feeling, and it's okay. I'm just I'm preparing you for that because it's going to happen. Another thing is you're going to forget. We bought presents for Mitch the first Christmas. When we're buying things in the store and we pick something up, Mitch would love this, and then we come crashing down and remember. Lisa set a place for him at the table and then remembered. And when you realize that you're that you almost forgot that somebody's gone, it's awful. It's this horrible feeling that comes back into you. Now all I can tell you about all this stuff is that it does get better. It never stops being hard, but I'll tell you some ways that it does get better. But before I do that, let me give you this week's things that help. I owe you two actually this week because I forgot last week to give you something that helped as a bonus for the episode. So the first thing is, since we're talking about grief and loss, I just want to remind you, I think I've said this before, something our daughter Kaylin said when she had to go back to school after Mitch passed away. She said, Mitch, I have to carry on, but I'll never move on. And that little bit of wisdom from that teenage girl has proven to be incredibly wise. And over the years, it's been something that's been very helpful to us. It's something that you need to remember. It is not dishonoring to your loved one for you to carry on with your life. It's what they would want you to do. You're not moving on, but they, would, they wouldn't want you to crumble and fall apart. They would want you to still have Christmas. They would want you to still take care of your other family members and, and steward those other relationships. It honors them for you to continue to live. The second one is similar, and it's another quote from Walter Storff. He said about his son Eric, He's only in my memory now, not in my life. Nothing new can happen between us. Everything is sealed tight, shut in the past. I'm still here. I have to go on. I have to start over. But this new start is so different from the first. Then I wasn't carrying this load, this thing that's over. So think about that for a second. He's saying, I'm not moving on. I'm carrying it with me, but I've got to carry on. I've got to go. I've got to still have my life. And that's something you're going to have to process, friend, let me tell you some ways it's going to get better over time. Now, I, I've thought about this a lot. Like the first year, year and a half maybe, it felt like one of those horror movies that I've seen in the past where there's like this black fog of evil and the person like somehow breathes it in and it kind of the, the black fog kind of goes inside the person and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're inhabited by this evil thing. That's how grief felt to me. Like it just filled me up. Like every part of my life was just kind of dripping out of it this this thing was kind of pouring out of me, like it was inside me. But over time, something subtle sort of happens, and the grief kind of moves where it feels like it's not inside you, but it's just next to you. And then over time, it becomes less and less sort of omnipresent. The weird thing is, though, even when it starts to feel like it's outside of you, you never know when he's going to just kind of reach over and put his hand on your arm or, or reach around and put his hand on your shoulder or tap you on the shoulder and make you feel it again. So it never goes away. It just sort of seeps out of you and, and sets itself a little bit apart. And that little subtle shift, though, actually turns out to be a great bit of grace if you let it. Because you go from being enveloped by the grief and the missing to being able to celebrate the days for the joy that the loved one brought to them. And hear me right now, friend. Because it does get better, here's something you need to do. You need to still show up. 
You need to still take the pictures, make the memories with the other people you love. There's a scripture, Psalm 126, 5 and 6, and in the voice translation it says, Those who walk the fields to sow, casting their seed in tears, will one day tread those same long rows, amazed by what's appeared. Those who weep as they walk and plant with sighs will return singing with joy when they bring home the harvest. Let me tell you, you need to capture and live through those moments with your family. Don't just isolate yourself and let those first holidays go by because you'll regret that. Those days, those moments that you press on and capture in your heart will become treasures to you over time. They'll become treasures because they're part of your shared experience and they're part of your lost loved one's history too. You'll look back a few years from now and you'll remember little kindnesses, little things that people said, how you held each other up, the moments that in real time seemed impossible but you made it through, and you will see little footprints of grace all over them. I remember the days after Mitch died, the first Thanksgiving and first Christmas and all that, People showed up, they brought food, they, they spent time with us, they acknowledged the pain that we're in. And that's something else. If, if you're not the one who's lost somebody, but if you, love, if you love somebody or know somebody who's going through something really hard, take a moment to just acknowledge it. You don't have to have the right words. In fact, the truth is, most of the time there aren't any words that you can say that would actually make it better. But what makes it better is that you take the effort to notice and remember and acknowledge that your loved one is in pain. There was a guy in my hospital that I worked with that wasn't a friend of mine. But after Mitch died, the first time I saw him, he just came up and he kind of braced me, put his hands on my shoulders. And he said, Lee, I don't have any idea what to say to you right now, but I just want you to know I care. And I'm telling you, that was probably the best thing that anybody said to me after we lost our son. Just, I don't know what to say. I'm acknowledging that this thing is so big that I don't know what to say about it, but I care. And so if you manage to get through those times, if you manage to sow the seeds, even while you're weeping, then when the harvest comes later, you're going you're gonna to really rejoice that you were able to get through that. And here's why. We've got some pictures of the kids and of us that somebody took during those moments right? You know, while we were gathered after Mitch died. And some of those pictures are treasures to us now because we can remember and see how much pain we were in, but also that we were loving each other that we were gathered together, that we came together as a family and as a community over that, and that, we, and that we bonded over getting through that shared, difficult experience. And having those pictures and having those memories are like little footprints of grace, like God was there even though we couldn't feel it. If you sow the seed in tears, you'll reap them in joy later, and that is good medicine for your heart, my friend. Remember I'm always saying, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And this is the bit of self-brain surgery that you need to survive any kind of major loss, especially on holidays that first year after they're gone. You have to somehow manage in your mind to swap the loss of what you don't have anymore for gratitude over what they gave you with their lives and the times that you did have. It seems like an impossibly hard teaching, but I promise seven years later, looking back on it, it can happen over time, but that you have to seek it. You have to pray for it. You have to make yourself enumerate things that you're glad for that their life gave you. It works. It sounds trite, but it works. We sat around and we all on Thanksgiving, the first year, second year, and we made ourselves talk about things we were grateful for that Mitch gave us in our lives. And you know what? It felt awful 
but it makes a difference, and it will for you too. That subtle shift in your mind, when you get to the place where you can do it, where you start thinking about the, the blessing that they were more than the loss of them, starts to heal your heart. You have to start seeing their life as a gift. And once you do, it won't be all the time. You're going to relapse. You're going to go through the stages of grief over and over. You'll have long spells of being right back in denial or anger or bargaining. But you'll land on gratitude and some measure of peace more and more solidly every time you do. And that's all I can say. That first year is going to be hard. They're all hard, frankly. But the first year is the hardest. But you can and you will find the light again, the joy in those days again, by learning to focus on the things they gave you more than on all you've lost. And this is the one time I am not going to tell you to start today because it's impossible at first. You can't. But you will. You'll eventually start. And when you do, when you change your mind, you'll be on your way to living again, especially on these special days. You'll get there. I promise you will. But you don't have to start today. Now, I'm going to play that peppy music again because Mitch wouldn't have it any other way. The fact is, Mitch would reach over, he would see me ready to cry, and he would say, Dad, check out this song I learned. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by I've Seen the End of You, a neurosurgeon's look at faith, doubt, and the things we think we know, available from Waterbrook Penguin Random House for pre-order now everywhere books are sold. And don't forget to support your local booksellers. You can subscribe to this show so you automatically get every episode. It's everywhere podcasts are available. And subscribing helps you never miss anything. And it also helps me help other people find the show, especially if you take the extra step of of sharing it, rating it, and reviewing it wherever you listen to podcasts. Because that's really how new people find out about the show. You can go to my website, wleewarrenmd.com, for more information about my letter, this show, my books, and more. The theme music for the show is Blue Highway by Pottington Bear, licensed via freemusicarchive.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and you have to start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you next week. God bless. Have a great day. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. That is higher than I. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock that is higher than I. Hear my cry, hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. When I'm overwhelmed, you have been a shelter for me, yes, a strong tower from the end. Take me to, take me to the rock. Take Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. That is higher than I. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. Higher than that.
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together. 
via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.